When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 54. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Cap in America, Michael Kaplan. Yes, on the podcast today. First of all, it's our one-year anniversary. Episode 54 is our one-year anniversary. We don't know why. How is the math? Is there like a leap? Was there a leap two weeks added to this? There must have been. I don't know. They say years, 53 weeks. They're wrong. It's, is it 52 weeks, though? Is it 52? I'm pretty sure I learned that in school. In China, it's 53. Yeah, so 54, I mean, are we going on? Whatever. We're 54. There's a lunar calendar. Is that what we're going with? Or in whatever? America, it's 53. In Lost in America, it's 54. So our guest <laughs> today is our first guest ever. Yes. Joe Schaefer, coming back for our one-year anniversary. And is he bringing Billy Bush? I got shit canned. I, I would guest. want him to. I think that the buddy. the fans roundly rejected Billy Bush as a guest. I got shit canned. Right. So, but he might be bringing other people. We're not sure. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, he brings some people. But we do know Joe Schaefer's coming back. Joe Schaefer was our first guest ever. We talked about dating in America. He had just come back. He's trying to date. And now he's married. He's no. I think he's even more lost than he was a year ago. All right. So we're gonna reconnect and see how he's doing. We'll do that. Plus, he and I have been here now a year doing stand up. Around America, he's going back to China in a couple weeks. I'm going back in a couple months to tour Asia. We have this weird thing where we're both pretty. We're doing. We have very good careers in Asia. Yeah. And then we're building our careers here, but we're not anywhere near what we are out there. Are you guys both planning on staying there and starting your own podcast about like Lost in China? Yeah, maybe. No, <laughs> no. I'm coming back. Okay, good. But I don't want to get. I don't want to get worried here. So we're gonna tell you about what our careers are actually like. Seven, eight years into comedy, what the real situation is, how we make money, how you make money. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta wait and listen. Find <laughs> out. Find out. This pot makes millions. I don't tell you. About oh it. shit! I gotta <laughs> yeah. get a better agent. Gary Sparks is cooking the books. Oh me. my god! So how we make money? How we are touring? How we're getting into clubs in New York? Uh, all that. Anything anyone asks us on a daily basis, like you're a comedian, does that pay? Do you do? You, how many times a month do you do a show? Thinking you were gonna say like two. All those questions. Yeah. So, but a couple dates I want to announce. I'm coming out to California very soon. First of all, wait, tonight. So I'm going to be at New York Comedy Club tonight. Okay. Joe Schaefer Everyone with Esther go. Steinberg, with everybody, with uh, Shuli Egger from the Howard Stern Show. This show started out as a hurricane relief show for Hurricane Irma. And then the hurricane hit Puerto Rico. And then we decided, we're like, wait, if we do, because then it became like really unpopular to support relief in Hurricane Irma and the Houston one because it yeah. means you don't like Puerto Ricans. Yeah, the, the liberal thing is to only support Puerto Rico now, I think. I know. I think you want to take your money back. But the problem yeah. is that we're doing this in conjunction with University of Miami Alumni Association, so it would be right. weird to do a University of Miami thing, my right. school, and not celebrate my, I mean, not, right. not There's support. no Puerto Ricans at your school? I don't. No, no. there are! <laughs> okay. Probably so they're doing it for everybody. So we're doing it. Miami, we're sticking with Miami plus uh, the Puerto Rico. I don't know about yeah. Maybe in Texas too. I think it goes to that as well. So and, we're yeah. Just and everybody. the Puerto Rico thing's a good cause because my son talks about the weather all the time and he always talks about Hurricane Harvey and Irma. Never talks about Puerto Rico because he missed it. The media didn't cover it. Also, so I'm doing that tonight. Also, coming up, LA. I'm going to be in LA. Um, October 24th and October 28th. I'm doing the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, the Ha Ha Cafe in North Hollywood. And then I'm going to uh, the Bay Area. I'm going to be in Mill Valley at the Throckmorton Theater on October 31st. That's finally happening, Mill Valley. Ha Halloween night. I feel like we've been talking about that one. 
I did it six months oh, ago. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to be in San Francisco at the Setup Comedy Club on um, November 2nd and 3rd. So come out to any of those. Get your tickets online. Go to turnersparks.com. It's all there. All right. Is that good? Should we? Yeah, oh, wait, wait. one year live, anniversary. We got a live pod coming up too. Did you mention that? No, and the live pod, November thirtieth. Yeah, the big one. Live podcast. Who's gonna be there? Michael H. Weber, screenwriter. Screenwriter. One of the hottest screenwriters in town right now is gonna be there. You know him from the Disaster Artist from this podcast. Yeah, Five Hundred Days of Summer, The Fall in Our Stars. He's, he's promised. He's he promised there. he will be there. He's got a busy schedule. He's gonna make time. If you have if fans have any questions about movies, maybe we can get him to answer a few on the air. I, he told me about meeting the fans and meet and greet, okay, taking cool. some pictures, autographs, autographs. Yeah, so. sign their Five Hundred Days of Summer copy. Yeah, so get tickets to that to our event if you're a big fan of Weber, even if you don't like us. And. Also, Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. Yes. We just secured him. We booked him? We booked him. Do I got to pick him up at the airport or he lives in New York? <laughs> he lives in New York. All right. Nice. The Daily Show is filmed here. All right. <laughs> he's doing, he's going to be on our live show. So he's going to be doing stand up. Plus, he's going to be doing an interview with us. He might stick around for the news. We'll see what happens. Right. Ronnie Chang, that's great. He's like one of the biggest comedians out there. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he's on brand. He's on what brand. What this podcast is all about. He's from Malaysia and then Australia, Malaysian, Australian. He's done some time in China. He's, I think he went to college in America. It's everywhere. We'll look it up before he gets on. So we'll we got Weber. We got Ronnie Chung. We got it all. Blue shirt's going to be in the audience. Yeah. He'll be taking free legal advice <laughs> uh, for the first 10 people to buy him uh, Red Red Bull vodkas. All right. <laughs> Bruce Tano. Is that a binding contract? <laughs> yeah. All so, right. all right. And we got a lot. Let's get to Lost in America. Get Should to it. it. Play the freaking music. One year anniversary. Special Lost in America. We're back, De'Aaron Roots. What a what a song! Yeah, and that's one. You know, we the, the the podcast has progressed so nicely over the last year. We've made so much progress in the music. The music. I mean, who were those jokers in the beginning when we started this thing up? Who? Uh, talking heads. Huey, some guy, Huey, something. I don't know. Huey, some yeah. news. It's Blue Shirt said he was going to sue us. Yeah. De'Aaron Roots came in to the rescue, yes. swooped in, wrote us a, an that original. That song feels tune. like it's been there from the beginning. It does. Yeah, and the fans love it. The people love it. The people out on the street love it. <laughs> that's all that matters. The guy at Shake Shack, he yeah, loves it. Uh, Everybody. I don't know how you're waiting in lines for Shake Shack. But that's a whole. So, De'Aaron Roots. Okay, speaking of food, I'm lost in America this week. Yes. Cap, riddle me this. As far as I've under, ever understood, waffles is something you eat for breakfast. Of course. I been was walking through the East Village of New York the other day, then the Lower East Side, mm. walking my way through town. Every shop now, every, <laughs> every restaurant, every, restaurant. every like, super cool, like fancy restaurant serves waffles for dinner like it's some new style of food. <laughs> They're like, now, now only, we have waffles. Get them at 7 p.m., nighttime dinner waffles, and it's supposed to blow my head out the back of my brain. Then all of a sudden they're serving waffles. They act like like I'm, like I'm supposed to not know what waffles are. Yeah, waffles are in. Waffles yeah, pancakes are in. were in like about ten years ago, I think. But fancy syrups were in. I don't get was they act like waffles was somehow out and now it's back in. They're trying to sell me waffles this like it's what, Vietnamese pho noodles. Well, they've gone through these different. Or like it's Thai food. Right. Well, they're going through this. They, 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 they keep to re, have to reinventing the wheel to get you excited as a consumer. So. Yeah, but they went through every. They I went through. They started with pancakes, right? And then syrup became a thing. We're like, there's people. What? You may might have missed this, but while you were gone, there are people in uh, New York and LA type places who will literally go to a place and they will not eat pancakes no matter how good they are unless the syrup is uh, natural, like the oh maple, Lord. real maple syrup. Like they were like, I won't eat it if it's not like, show oh, me the bottle, that kind of thing. Cute. And then waffles was the logical next step because what else can you do? Yeah, it's a logical next step for breakfast. Yeah, but, but no, but they gotta. It's a really cheap thing, so they got to get you into it for dinner. So. Okay, but I have another theory. All right, here's what happened, in my opinion. They went through. They started out with Chinese food in like the '70s, right? I'm going right. way back. Right. Okay. That was exotic. Uh -huh. I remember being a kid and my parents being like, "We've never had Chinese food. You ever heard yeah. of this? It's an right. egg roll." You know, and then they went. When everyone got sick of that, they went Japanese. Right. And a couple guys, mm. they were like, "Oh, when I was in the war, I had a, I had right. a piece of sushi. Let's go was, get sushi." And then Mexican. My friend, shout out, my friend Sean Horn. His dad, John Horn, was in the war. Always took us to get sushi, right? And then 
they went through Thai food, and as we talked about, they went through Vietnamese food. They've gone through every single at one point Ethiopian food, which like they don't even have food. Right. What is that? They've gone through yeah, every no, version. no utensils. It's great. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> they've gone through every country, and they've run out of different countries. So they're just back around to and America. So they've come all the way the back breakfast. to American, and they're just serving breakfast food for dinner and right. trying to convince us it's new food. Right. Well, there's two things here. One, and I don't know if this is a thing, is that people. A lot of the people, the younger people, the millennials, the whatever we are, they don't eat breakfast. Okay, they just do not eat breakfast. So they, but they have, they love comfort food. Comfort food is very trendy too. Okay, macaroni and cheese and burgers has a phase and br- all these like comfort barbecue. It's so waffles is a comfort food and a breakfast food, and so it's cool to eat it for dinner. And then part two is in, in Los Angeles. It you, doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay well, my other thing is waffles and chicken is a thing in like L.A. That was my next rant. Okay, so I've had chicken, I've had waffles. So, you put them together, it doesn't make it different. It, well, hipsters love it. Okay, that's like a very like foodie hipster thing. I don't. I'll tell you how logical it is and how crazy it is. At Teddy's school, he gets school lunch every day, kindergarten. Yeah. And they have it's a very like uh, New York menu, and there'll be like kale salad and stuff. No, there so last Monday they had chicken and waffle sandwich at his school. A sandwich. Yeah, a, a waffle sandwich with chicken in the middle, fried chicken. Oh my gosh! And yeah, I said, Teddy, did you eat that? He's like, Well, I took the chicken and and waffles apart because it it doesn't make sense to eat them together. It, he gets it. Can I say but, this? All the people. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, go ahead. Give all me- the people who are against. All the white people who are against cultural appropriation—it's cultural are appropriation. the number one cultural right. appropriators. Because that's—they took chicken and waffles from black people. That's black people, right? Yeah, they yeah. They took that, jazz music from black people. Yeah, yeah. No, they took '90s hip hop from black people. They're taking everything. Well, it's very hip to like eat that in LA and feel like you're—I don't know. They're taking everything from black people, and then they're the number <laughs> one people. Uh, you can't do that. You can't wear a sombrero. You can't <laughs> eat a burrito. It's everything. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. So that's—I don't know. That's my answer. I don't know. I, I crazy. I love waffles. But I'm not eating them for dinner. I'm not eating them. I'm not eating them at all anymore. Yeah. I've given what up. El- what else are you eating? <laughs> wedge salad's my next one. Okay, a wedge that salad. That they didn't take from black people, I don't think. No, they took that from very, very, very white people. <laughs> yeah. So, But here's what a wedge salad. I don't know if anyone, if they have this across America or not. I've just recently found out what it is. I was like, ooh, I was at a restaurant. Wedge salad. Ooh, what's a wedge salad? Let me look it up. Guess what? It's a regular-ass salad. But they bigger lettuce, right? No, it's like this... big wedge lettuce, like the iceberg. Okay, but you can have an iceberg <laughs> lettuce in a regular salad. If they just change the name to tack on four dollars to it and sell it to you for uh, more money. Yeah, and I'll they serve them at steak. And the businessman in me is like, oh, yeah, good on no, you, it's but... smart. It's like a steakhouse thing. I, that's maybe we saw it. You saw the steakhouse. Maybe they, I like know. I mean, Randy, my wife will order a wedge. A wedge salad is usually like just lettuce and like a blue cheese dressing almost, blue and cheese. like bacon. I think. Yeah, which we used to call. Uh, blue cheese yeah. salad. So Randy will order it with no bacon because like you don't eat bacon around me if you ever want to kiss me again. Uh, okay. But then I get angry. I'm almost like get the bacon because I'm like I'm paying yeah. for like a fourteen dollar salad of it's like lettuce and blue cheese. I, I don't know what I don't know how to explain it to you, but I, I am in your camp you're on right. this. I don't like that <laughs> you be- can just change the uh, shape of something. Oh, it looks like a wedge now, <laughs> so it has four more dollars. I'm against. I was never. I never liked the windy square hamburgers. I don't like a wedge <laughs> salad now. All right, and that's coming. if I run for Trumbull County Supervisor, that's my platform. Oh, run for New York, Brooklyn. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Get the, the wedge middle. salad out of Brooklyn. The alt middle. Alt middle, baby. All right, getting, let's throw All right, hats in well, the race. All right, so a year later, you're still lost. That's the good news. You're lost about a lot of things. I'm going still on lost, America. and guess who else is still with us a year later? Who's that? Ants. Ants, baby. Ants is an app. It's still an app. It was an app a year ago. We didn't know it the first episode. We met them in week three. Week I three, believe. yeah, go I back. Think week four was our first pod here. We only did it here because Ikram was our guest, and yeah. he said, come to my studio. We recorded we'll my studio. We'll have to check back in with him soon. Exactly. We got to get him back on. Find out what's going on. Ants has been supporting us from day one. We couldn't do it without them. You couldn't hear well, us without Ants. Like day 30 or so. But yes, they've been great. <laughs> day 17. Yeah. I'm not sure. Download the app, ENSE. Get in the app. Store. Send us questions at uh, Lost in America. Uh, yeah. Or at Turner Sparks. At Turner B Sparks. At Turner Sparks. Turner Sparks. <laughs> at Lost in America. We're also doing live shows now. You can come to the in studio once a month and doing live stand up shows. All right. You know, and the other day we had Usama Siddiqui from the Millennial Pod on the show. Joe Schaefer was coming up later. Troy Allen was on there. It was great. All right. Had a good time. Speaking of Joe, let's bring him in. Let's bring that man in. <laughs> With our first guest ever, and now our one-year anniversary guest, Joe Schaefer. How you doing? I'm I'm good. 
I'm back. I'm excited to uh, to get back on the pod. You guys have really uh, it's stepped a, up your game. We're yeah. in a, we're in a proper sound booth. Yeah, yeah buddy. This, look, there's flowers there now. Everything. The pressure's <laughs> on, man. We got a guy behind the glass over the there. The glass over there. I think we got an. Is that an engineer? On the ones and twos. It it is. Yeah, that's our engineer, Will. <laughs> and, uh, good man. Well, I'm gonna claim credit that I, I gave you that send off. You did. You had your Billy Bush impression. Whoa, 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 he, whoa! Don't pull back the curtain. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> when you got your friend Billy Bush to be on the pod, yeah, on, and you when left you the room. called us on your phone from the room next to us, that really sent us through the roof. I really had to expend a lot of my political capital in getting uh, Billy, <laughs> your to, old friend Billy. To, yeah. you know he was he was uh, underground and he yeah. didn't want to he didn't want to expose himself. But yeah. I was like Billy, baby. It was good. It was Lost our first negative America. feedback we got in the pod. It was excellent. Highly <laughs> negative feedback. Yeah. But it was our first feedback of any kind. It was any press is good it was, press. It was to know people were listening. It was it, great. It proved it. Sometimes yeah. you got to ruffle some feathers yeah, to know people it. know you're legit. Exactly. exactly. Everyone was against Billy. We're the only people who gave him a platform. Yeah. Well, us and Trump. Us and Trump. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> good company access, to be in. Yes. Access Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> so a year later, what's changed? Yeah. Have what's been going America? on? You moved to the U.S. about the same time I did, maybe a month or two before. Last summer. Yeah. Summer of 2016. It's been a little over a year doing stand-up comedy. I'm doing stand-up comedy. How's it going? Uh, it's it's weird. I mean, stand-up people with stand-up. If you want to do stand-up in New York, you're doing you're doing it for exposure. If you want to make money, you got You got to travel to other places. Yes. I mean, I think exactly. that's a pretty. Uh, yeah. Like this. There's 10,000. I mean, they tell you there's 10,000 comedians in New York. Do you believe that? Uh, well, a lot of potential counting, podcasts. I, I feel like that's a real broad definition. One, one of my when I started doing open mics here, even even in China, it annoyed me a little bit. One of my pet peeves is people that do one open mic and then they're like, "Yeah, so I'm a comedian." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I didn't realize there was going to be too. Is all these people, and I hear it's more in LA than it is in New York. All these people who are like com- like uh, struggling actors or actresses, their agent will tell them to learn how to do like take a stand up class. Right. It'll get you better jobs. It'll make you like a more broad like for hi- to be hired as an actor. You'll be like a comedic <laughs> actor. You know, and then also writers are doing it. I've talked to people who write for like whatever newspaper. Newspaper. And, I thought I meant like a TV writer or something. Well, they do too. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, I do stand up like once every six months or like, you know, or I took a class one time. So I think you said that includes all of them, right? True. When you say 10,000, but I would say it's a lifetime membership. Once you've done it, you it's like. A, highly disagree. <laughs> no. I would say there's like a thousand. What do you think? Uh, Even like legitimately. Yeah, and that sounds more realistic. If we're talking about comedians and a more traditional, I, I get on stage and make people laugh since. I think probably a thousand is more realistic. There's a lot, but yeah, ten thousand is. Absurd. And then out of that thousand, how many are like getting up? Because you basically, you and I can both get up pretty much whenever we want to. Would you say yes? Yeah. You can get on stage. Sure. Not counting, not saying open mics, but just like get on a show. If you want to do one, if you want to do five, six, seven a week, you can do that. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. Sure. The amount of people who can do that. What do you think? A few hundred. Yeah, a few hundred. Okay. So oh, you guys are the top few hundred. Yeah, I would say That's we, what you're saying. Legitimately, I would say we are. So I'd say even at our level, I I get paid. I I mean, truthfully, I probably make I don't know a hundred, two hundred bucks a month doing stand up specifically. Wow. You hear that, ladies? In New York City. Yeah. <laughs> right. What a catch. Right. What are you? You. Uh, I <laughs> in New York see. City. I'm not not on the road. We'll take on the road after. Week, Let's start uh, with just in New York City. I I, I do. I get those those tip outs. Yeah, the lantern. And I, I may, I may walk away with a, with a little cool twenty bucks a month, maybe if I'm, uh, if I'm lucky. And then, you, oh really? Oh well, no, Wait, that's not true. And then our Turner's and just our taking more money out of the Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, yeah, we run a show. Uh, it, may, it may be, it may be yeah. close to hundred a month. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm yeah. gonna say, I'm pulling in triple. The IRS triple is not digits. listening to this, all right? And that's us. Yeah, the, <laughs> and that's you, being in like the top. I don't know. Say five hundred. Are, are we Wait, sure that the, the, the five hundred? That's not listening to this because I don't want to have to declare my my uh, stand up earnings. <laughs> the IRS is not coming after the old. I think you're safe. When I applied for Obamacare, I tried to declare that, and the lady was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. I made six bucks last night at the hey. Lantern." She's like, "No, no, you're good." So you guys are the top like f- couple percent. And yeah, this is what the top few percent makes in the. You are, but then. <laughs> There's this level that's just barely above us, which is so we're doing all these bar shows plus every once in a while doing a club. The clubs you can get paid you get paid like fifty bucks a spot, something like that, up to a hundred if you're hosting. The good clubs will pay like a hundred, like a stand up New York, whatever those type of places. 
um, the cellar, they'll pay a hundred bucks or something like that if you're hosting. So then the level I think we're trying to get to, Schaefer and I right now, is that next level right above where then you, you're still not making a lot of money just in New York, but you're basically getting paid to practice, which is all New York is. It's right. going up and doing 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time. How do we get to that level? Uh, just do, keep doing it. Well, I mean, the, the, do we the, need to injure? Okay, you want to give me a list of who's on that level, and I can start making yes, them crawls, have you, some knees broken. We need you to, yeah, Tanya Harding, <laughs> Tanya Harding, people. a few of them. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be like a couple white guys taking them out. So Monroe we Martin, a, we need him down. No, no, no. Oh, white guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think okay. you got to replace. It's like we a, need, we need just, we need the hospitals to be full. Ari Shafir of yes. comedians with broken kneecaps. Well, that could be yes. a threat to get people to do our podcast. If you've done our pod, we won't need take your knees out. Good idea. Comedians in cars getting coffee. Comedians in hospitals getting their legs broken. Comedians in hospitals <laughs> yeah. uh, getting their incruciate. And then we, bring, then we start a pod reached. and we bring them on Ooh. when they're in the in the hospital. We could do we could do the pod while in the hospital. They can't go anywhere. They got to do the pod. Pay part of your pay your copay if you do this. Yeah. Plus we get their spots. I think for real. I think you just it's just uh, we've been here a year. There's people who've been here like six seven years and they're finally getting. Oh, yeah. Past at these big clubs, so they can make fifty bucks, seventy five bucks a spot. Anyway, um, that's the next level in New York, and then you can, and then you basically what the goal is for New York City is to do all these spots, make it up. Like, okay, so any of these people we've had on, Arsh Fear, um, uh, Mark Norman, uh, Jeannie Asheray, all these people can run around New York doing all these spots, making fifty bucks at a time, doing six spots in a night, and pay their rent by doing comedy in New York, and then they can go on the road and make all the real money. And that's not the way in China. There's no. Well, uh, we, I was about to say we are both at this very odd spot where we can make more money living in China right now doing comedy than we could right here. Oh yeah, they're taking our jobs overseas. Tell you. So you're going back in a couple weeks, right? I'm going back next month. Yeah. Yeah. Got and a what headline. Gonna... There you go. See, you're a headliner. Out I'm there. still milking at the teat of my China fame. How long you be there? Uh, two weeks. All right. Gonna do two weekends of shows. And I will be just reveling. It's so nice. It's such a relief to go back there and have people appreciate you and be special and <laughs> be, a rock, be a rock star again. And they're just so eager to laugh at your jokes in New York. It's just, it's a real different feel. Wait, tell them what happened last night. Well, last night we were at the Lantern. I did. So I have a new joke. You know, my jokes are are definitely tapping into how I'm feeling. So, ego ego is a, is a little is a, is a little uh, bruised these days. So one of my jokes <laughs> is I I say like you know cat calling it's a problem in New York. What I think uh, the women in New York should do is they should cat call the men. Not because it's going to solve the problem, but because I could use the ego boost. And the joke's not super funny, but what it is good is every single time I've done it, some woman in the audience cat calls me. Oh. And last night, this woman, right in the front row, she goes, well, you know, you a snack. <laughs> she goes, boy, you a snack. And I was like. And he's oh. like, what? I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, mm, means I want to eat you up. She goes, that's what we say. We say you a snack. That means I want to eat you wow. up. And did you bang her? Uh, <laughs> I told him to. You know no, what? it's a great new joke. Because it's a way for you to it's figure out who in the audience wants to hook up. I know with it's you. your way to get numbers. That and I mean, every time it's just it's just full on a platter of crowd work material. Like you <laughs> do a joke like that, and then the joke itself doesn't get that many laughs. But there's so much great crowd work afterward. You can do ten minutes of just responding right. to the insane snack. shit that the women say. How's that oh. been, by the way? How have the how have the ladies been since the last time we checked in? Yeah. Last time you had no idea what you were doing. You were, yeah, right? I, I still don't. But you were living in Manhattan. You were living right in the middle of Manhattan, and so that was a bonus. So I'm assuming you're still there. <laughs> uh, no, I now live in the deepest, darkest parts of Brooklyn. I live in Bay Ridge, which I'm still not oh, sure no, is not even in New York. <laughs> it's they, they tell me it is, but I don't believe it. So how's it been going? Uh, what's it? What, how do you find the American ladies? American ladies, they're 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 nice. They're not. It all interested in me, and that's fine. You know, really? they're, they're all. I, I say that they're all pursuing their own careers. That's so what I think. That lady last night was. You the lady last snack. night. She thought it was a snack. Yeah, you got to turn the apartment thing into an advantage because, like, Manhattan girls will still go out with you, but then they won't. They'll have no interest in going to your place. Absolutely not. Because they're like, don't even like. You could say anything. Like, they, they, Bay Ridge means nothing to them. It's just like, far, like, so you always can have control. You stay over in their side. Yeah, you stay there. Go you to can their place. Get out. If you need to, you don't want to stay tonight. You know, like I gotta get back to Pull Bay Ridge. It's a long trip, you know. Sounds like a good <laughs> idea because I have tried. I have gone out with a girl, and at the end of the night, I've been like, "So this is going well. Would you like to take an hour and a half train trip back to my house?" No, you don't tell sex? them that. 
Yeah, you just get on the train. You just go, I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. say where. And they they think it's going to be Williamsburg. <laughs> if it's either Williamsburg. Give the old bait and switch. Yeah. So, let's get on the R line. Yeah. yeah. Let's see where it takes us. And then help you have an hour and a half worth of material. 30 stops later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, hey, that's your real act. That's actually the date. That's, that's your real comedy act. Forget stand-up. <laughs> yeah, you need to work on your hour and a half for the train. Oof. Your hour and a half train ride. good practice. Banter. And hope I don't get interrupted by one of the many performers on the train that'll be fighting me for stage time it's you should or you just start per- actually that's an extra way for you to make money start performing on your way yeah in nobody does stand up on the trains they do they do like you know all sorts of things dance shows yeah they do break dancing they yeah. sell the break uh, dancing thing drives me nuts because they're like knocking it's like it's very dangerous like gonna knock me over <laughs> yes they use there's like a new thing where guys have you seen the guys using the poles i yeah, can see yeah, these yeah. kids using like poles like they're almost like a strip show yeah like i don't know why no girls have gotten involved in this Billion dollar idea there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's like just dudes spinning around. Girl, shirtless guys spinning around on a pole, and I'm supposed to so give what, money for this? <laughs> so <laughs> what are your days like? What are you doing during your day? That's what everyone asks about comedians. Like, what do you do all day? You go out and you do comedy for 10 minutes a night. You're not going to get rich that way. First of all, it's comedy is like He's a, a job. Because we're going out. You know, I head out usually at like 6, and I'm not back at my, at my place till like 1 in the morning. So it's... It's job-like hours. Yeah, that's true. And then you're, so then the day, you know, you're trying to take care of the rest of the stuff. I'm writing a lot. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, we were just in a Mama Hoo Hoo sketch together. We were. Check viral video. I'm viral right Viral? Now. Turner's yeah, viral. On the internet. Uh, yeah. And then it's like, everyone else says it How is, many though. views has it gotten? Uh, it like came out like a few hours 16, ago. 16,000. Like 16,000? Yeah. One day. How do you do that? What's the secret? Oh, it's, it's all me, it's baby. Hot. Mama Hoo Hoo. What's most... Mama Hoo Hoo? What Joe does this is even the mean? star. So, well, that's what I want to get to. Joe is the when we were in China. Joe was the star of this like viral. What do you even call that? A viral video company? No, it's it's like it's a it's a comedy channel. Comedy channel. They have one hundred and thirty thousand uh, subscribers. One hundred fifty thousand. One hundred fifty thousand. So anything they put out on YouTube gets like uh, he, you have one. But in China, three million views. No, YouTube. So, oh, so YouTube. The, oh, yeah. the, the internet. Believe it or not, <laughs> YouTube's it, on the internet. <laughs> It exists beyond borders. It is, it is Donald Trump's nightmare. It is borderless. Okay. It is just oh, accessible. Not really. You're people. not allowed. But who are the people watching yeah, these viral true. videos? They're people in America. People on the internet. I know, internet. but do you know where they're from or no? Yeah, the internet. Oh, okay. okay. Users. <laughs> you know, but you can see them it's all most, over the world. It's bro. mostly people floating in a raft in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay. They, they, they were <laughs> wherever that uh, big trash pile is. <laughs> Should I? Can <laughs> I people trash people? How do I get a it's aquatic trash people? Trash people. Can you I remember, remember uh, uh, Waterworld with Kevin Costner? Yeah, it's those people. It's mostly them. Can you help me if I want to make like a viral kids video thing? Because I've I've seen them all. I know the secrets to making. I just need to get like a big egg. I need to get weird costumes. I get my kids involved. I know how to do it. Hard pass. <laughs> I'm telling you. They get Millions of views. We got to start a millions. Channel. Did like you say viral? Uh, that's wait. I, so yeah, we put out. He does all these videos. That's the thing with Schaefer. He's like over there. Everyone knows him. He comes here. He's doing eight minutes at the land. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I want to go back to China desperately. Wow, you're a king over there. Now, when like I tried a to, no one knew me either. He's like a soccer star can walk the streets here. So and, actually, one time I was on stage here, and one of my jokes is I talk about how I have this viral video. My most popular one got three million views. By the way. Just, just to preface this, I don't make them; I write them and star in them. You're an but, actor in them. Yeah, I don't. Oh, okay. So I can't. Oh, you're asking, can I thought I, you like, ran a channel or something. He's not a director. Oh, he okay. doesn't do the I don't channel. do any of the hard it's stuff. Guy, That's all Alessio. Oh, okay. I don't know how to the nuts and bolts. Alessio right. Avenzo, is that can, right? Take me. Let me get Avenzano. a meeting with Alessio. Shout out. I don't out. know. I've never heard shout out. Shout out. I, to I know him. all the props needed to make a successful weird kids video. We'll talk to Alessio Avenzo. But in one of my jokes, I referenced the three like the the viral video, and in one show, this girl in the front row starts just looking it up. I mean, because that's that's what millennials do now. Right. Yeah, they're like, I need to fact check this immediately. In the middle of the show, I can't. Yeah. I, can, I can't stand. That's a, that's a, a problem with being single. You can't even like tell a fib to a girl because they can look it up immediately. You know? <laughs> oh, Wait, true. What, true. What, what like sexual fibs no. A are you telling, and B which no. sexual fibs can be? Oh come on, disproved on the internet. Say, don't play false on this podcast. Ninety percent of being single is lying. Yeah, I mean, everyone come on. knows that. I mean, you know, being yeah, like, but oh, what? But what lie is being disproven uh, with a with a cursory Google search? It's like. It's no! like you can say I directed this movie. Like, I just found an article where it says you have genital warts. <laughs> Boom. No, it's like, hey, the moon, the moon's bright tonight, and you're like, oh yeah, you mean the crescent moon? Like you throw out facts that you hope they don't know. Oh my god, Professor Sparks. What kind of horrible person would you? What kind of horrible? Have person you listened you to this podcast? Yeah, we're both married. Do you know what world you're in? 
Um, all right. So anyway, now I know why you're not getting laid. I know. You're no, too there's honest. A, there's a multitude of reasons I'm not getting you're laid. You're not doing That's, any of this. I don't want to explore it too much. I was called a snack. Let's yeah. just. But if you, you start know. telling girls you have a video that's got three million hits, that's a start. Oh, no, he does that. I've heard him do it on stage. Yeah. So, so, so this girl in the front row starts looking it up, and then, and then everybody stops because now this girl is the, the, <laughs> the star the, of the, the show, the, the fucking arbiter of and the, truth. Well, yeah. And the no, reception it, shit. So it's taking forever to. <laughs> so yes. she goes. She goes. I'm like, oh, did you find it? And she goes, yeah, it just like popped up immediately. I'm like, yeah, that's how big it is. And she was like, yeah, it's you. And you're wearing the same shirt. Hey. And, then, and then she goes, and I go, well, how many views does it have? And she says, oh, it's, it's three million. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, right? She was like, yeah. And uh, I was like, what the hell? Three mil? Yeah, but they're also watching you in the lantern where there's like the the uh, Mexican like cook is walking by with the <laughs> trash full, like can full of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do stand up there too. I'm not saying I'm any better there, than you. There's nothing. There, there's saying. nothing that'll undermine a good a good premise, a good setup for a joke like a uh, a Mexican dude carrying a giant bag of garbage yeah. <laughs> yes. right through the middle of the room. Come to the lantern if you want to see this guy. <laughs> really, next show. Really, Leftover uh, nacho stench. It, it's it's hard to it's hard to deliver a solid punchline when you got that. It's 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 like it's like when it's like the subway, like I said. You can you know? hear the bathroom, the toilet flush from downstairs in the middle of your punchline. Have you ever done a stand-up there? When um, see, that's I think the the number one thing, maybe specific to the Lantern, but is the real lack of respect that comedians have here compared to in China. Like oh, yeah. they're like, you're the star. No one's ever seen it before, and you're we're we were way worse at comedy when we were living there than we are now. Would you agree? Yes. Even in the year we've it being here, but. The way you get treated is like a star out there. The way you get treated here, I've literally been doing a show when the Mexican cook has come is it on always the a Mexican? stage. The cooks. It's the guy. It's a specific <laughs> okay. person. So I, I, he I, comes on the stage to like turn the light off <laughs> from the kitchen because for some reason the kitchen light is on stage, right, right behind where the comedian stands. And if you've seen a lot of a lot of New York comedians, and Turner and I were saying this earlier, it's kind of one of our pet peeves. But a lot of comedians, you want. So as a comedian, you want to you want to you want to portray a sense of control, like you're confident up on stage, and people will do that. They'll like do the lean against the wall. The, the cool guy move is like the to put snake. their leg up against yeah. the wall, lean back like, like yeah, like from the album cash, cover, guys. I'm real yeah. casual. Yeah, I'm it's leaning an album back. Cover. The the thing about that is that backfires on everybody because the light switch they will turn off the lights in the kitchen where a guy is like chopping up a wedge salad with a meat <laughs> cleaver, <laughs> and salad. so they, then the chef comes out. He's like he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then and He'll then the guy on stage. Like, yeah, he'll be like, who ordered the hot dog? Right. Like in the middle of your bed. <laughs> and he's like, I, come on, who ordered this? My like, big uh, takeaway is I never, when I've been in the lantern and I see the menu and it's like nachos or tamale, I'm like, I would never get Mexican food here, but now I know it's like an authentic chef. Oh, yeah, you should. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, but now going on the, like, so are you doing the road? Are you getting out there at all? I'm, I'm no. doing it a bit, which I feel like is still the same. So I feel like people at our level in New York do to make money as a comedian. They're doing colleges and whatever else they can do, meaning like commercials. I'm doing country clubs now. Fantastic. Uh, I heard Paul Johnson was telling me recently that he's doing old folks' homes. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I mean, you talk about an untapped market. Put this money there now. Yeah, wherever there's money. Like, you're well, like, I mean, hey, we're you just got to talk loud. Money. You do have to talk very loud. loud. You know who do good at the old and folks' homes? The the wheelchair comedian, whoever we're <laughs> oh, whoever we knock out. Yeah, yeah. If you can You're get because right, they can and they if can, can get them to the cat call at you. That's like, <laughs> yeah, always good. I would fuck you <laughs> in my day. <laughs> in my day, a snack was well, it was whatever you. We didn't have snacks. We were poor. Yeah, <laughs> we used to eat dirt. You can't impress them with your YouTube hits though. So. Yeah, I don't. The YouTube? They don't what? know YouTube. What do you say? What's a YouTube? YouTube. The boob tube? The boob tube. <laughs> it's, uh, so that's the way you make money, basically. For all, so people always ask, like, how you really make money at this? You do it by figuring... Volume. There's only a certain amount of clubs in, the, in America, comedy clubs. That's true. And they're not going to... They're not booking everybody, so before you get into clubs, you're, like, getting into anything else you can, all these other places that hire comics, so... I think that's, I mean, that's genius that you're... They go to do country clubs. University of Miami, November eighth or 9th, I'm not sure. Come to both nights. Just stay there. Just stay Hang there. Outside. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll be performing there at the U. The U. Going home, uh, November fourth at the <laughs> Del Paso Country Club in Sacramento, California. Did we <laughs> I did not. Oh. All right. These are kind plug, of plug plug plug. So, 
That's the way to do yeah, it. So I, what I do you think? I feel like the country club show is not exactly a just show up and... It is not. Do we not have a lot of country club members listening to this podcast? Sorry. I think we have a lot of audience from the country clubs that don't let Jews in. Probably. Probably. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so, at least. So what, are you happy you moved here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, what, what you lack in, in material gain, you get in just satisfaction from being in the best scene in the world. I mean, right. it sucks being a, a star in the sense that when you're the star, you, there's no there's no push to get better. When you're here, you're wallowing in the trenches and you... That's been the key. You know, you, you feel like I've just, I'm, I'm doing it with the best and I need to... You're constantly being reminded that you need to improve. Like, I'm constantly doing shows. I'm looking at people... It's a great place to wallow. ...that are clearly, objectively better than me. And I'm like, well, I... I don't want to be shitty and mediocre. I've got to go and keep working. Keep working. See if you can move further in. I want to be as funny as the dude going out into the crowd and making people dance or whatever. That guy's pretty good. (laughs) That guy's awesome. He'll be there tonight. I got to work on on my uh, dance game. And what about America? What have you like? Have you learned in the past year being back? Like, what if? Do you feel like you got a grasp on things now? Are you still? uh... Well, you know, I was thinking about it when when uh, the girl in the front row called me a a tasty snack. I. (laughs) I was, it was fantastic. Suddenly I realized, because I've been here a year now, I was like, I, when I first got here, I would have been like, oh, you know, I was gone for so long, that's why I don't know what a snack means. But then I was realizing, uh, uh, like, last night, I was like, I think it's less that I lived away from America and more I'm old. Because <laughs> nobody else knew what the fuck a snack was either. Can I, well, one thing that I thought of on that exact thing, because I was there, was that New York City is so culturally diverse, neighborhood to neighborhood has different slang. If we were in Shanghai and someone said some slang term, every person in the audience would know it if they were Chinese. You know what I mean? If a Chinese person said it, every Chinese person in the whole city would know it at that time. I was saying that to Ye last night. She said I was wrong, so she's going to hate this part of the pod, but shout out. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) here is literally like neighborhood to neighborhood. America's... I mean, New York really? specifically, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you use terms that I use and no one knows. No one, You know what I mean? A snack, you're right. No one knew what the fuck she was talking about. But everyone sort of got it. I know what she's talking about. Yeah. I, 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 say that to pe- I say that all the time. You call then, people Then snacks. I got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you Weinsteined it? Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll get that later. <laughs> uh, you harved. Hey, Jennifer, uh, can I get a black coffee? And um... She harved you. Yeah, also oh, you're a snack. <laughs> no comment. You're my you're my favorite receptionist. There's also, yeah, you're right. I think um there is an adjustment period coming back. Like you do feel like now, I don't know, I still don't know enough to cancel this pod. Don't worry, we're not over. We're okay, still going. Good. I'm still lost in America. But I do feel a little more comfortable on stage with the idea of I just kinda I know what's going on. Like when you first moved to China, doing comedy would be difficult also because you're like, I don't know local references, I don't know streets, I don't know things. Just news items, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now you know. Now, now you know A little more. <laughs> Sorry, I zoned out there. I, 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 I stopped listening. Oh, man, that's a good guest. <laughs> that's a good guest. You and Des Bishop, top two. Wait, he zoned out a lot? <laughs> he fell asleep. He actually fell asleep. In the really? middle of our podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he took a nap. Well, during the new, we didn't have, or was the intro. I don't know. At some point, he that's was a, sleeping on a couch. Yeah. That's that's bold. Yeah, that's, that's what you can do when you have TV credits. That's, that's why we have a studio without couches. Exactly. Now. People want to know the real difference between our level of comedians and the next. It's really how cavalier you are about falling asleep during in the a interview. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that is really really when you know you've made it. because yeah, you would when you fall asleep in an interview and they let you sleep, <laughs> and then when you wake up, they're like, "Oh, I are you back." Me. It was pretty early on the pod. We didn't have much confidence yeah. in what we were doing. Yeah. We saw him sleeping, and we're like, well, I don't know. We keep going, I yeah, guess. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> Sing him a lullaby? or Yeah. It was good. I Shout out to my kids to sleep that easily. Put his right hand in warm water, see if he pisses himself. <laughs> Next guest who falls asleep. <laughs> good move. All right, should we get to the news? Let's get to the news. Let's find out what's going Wait, on. anything about. last you want to say? Yeah, plug something. Um, in one year. Yeah. In what? one year, I have realized that... Humans are all the same. Oh, sorry, I Wait. fell asleep. I des bishoped you. Get the water. All right, let's you get are, to the. You news. are not. I hey, said, re- let's re- get to. Remember the- your place, Turner Sparks. You're not at sleeping in the middle of a podcast. I'm getting level. close. You're I'm, sleeping in his own podcast. I level. headlined in studios last week at yeah. their uh, show. If you guys want to know a quick status about my my uh, 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 my luck with the ladies after that show, that was a hot night for me. Because after that show, one of the girls of the show ran into me barking in front of Chloe. Chloe, 
which is the best Wait, vegan. Please, you have to explain what, what, what barking, barking means. In front of Chloe. So bark, barking is that from that whole neighborhood? Neighborhood? What neighborhood is that slang from? It's it's uh, you know it's 2017 in New York. There's a lot there's a lot of fetishes. No, it's it's <laughs> when you stand out on the corner of a of Bleecker and McDougal and try to convince people to right. go to a comedy. Do you like show. comedy? That you're one of those people. Uh, I'm one of those people. Yeah. yeah. So that's barking. It's 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 part of the hustle. Hmm. Sure. Part of the hustle, and uh, you should catcall Wade. No. This this girl comes up, had seen me at the Ant show. Wow, she oh, really wow, gets nice. around all night. So apparently, she thought I was something of a, you know what I'm gonna say, a, a snack? snack. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. So she starts talking to me Rice all Krispie about. Treat. She was like, "Oh, so you like really single?" And I really liked it. And then she told me about a story about how she almost fucked Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Did she inset? Buried yeah. the lead. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> all right. Almost the key. You might not want to By the way, it. I saw Cuba Gooding Jr. at uh, first, first floor of Bob's office the other day. So, okay. So she told you that? Yeah, something to talk to him about. So, now. you know, like, hey, no girl is that her way you? of convincing you that she's good enough for Cuba, so she's good exactly, enough for you? Exactly. I don't know Harvey Weinstein. It's sort, <laughs> it, it's sort of a value add. <laughs> like, if we hook that. up, not only will you get laid, you'll also be Eskimo Brothers right. with Cuba. Right, but he did. winning actor Cuba Gooding Jr. But she did she said. Oh, she did. She did. Oh, uh, she's uh, no. That's that's right. She said at the end she, <laughs> she made out. She got a little. She got a make out. Well, face to she face. got a little sugar. So what do you call that? Was that like a? It's not an Eskimo brother. Well, he fluffed her up like and a, then you. <laughs> like a, to... I don't know. And so what happened? Like you going out with Alaska her? Brother? Yeah, are you going out with her? Is that the girl you met up with last night? So so this is so this is <laughs> what I. This news. is this is a real rookie. You're gonna laugh at me because it's a real rookie mistake. I like threw her my card. I was like, "What's up, girl?" She's like, "I'll text you later tonight." And she never texted. And then I realized that my card doesn't have my phone number on it. What does it have on your? What is on your card? Nothing. There's no email. email? There's email. Oh, your email. I don't think you can email somebody a booty call though. That's that's. But she could email you her number. I believe the youngsters would call that being thirsty. Well, you can email a number though. Or I think the problem. Do you have iPhone? Can you set up messages? No, I don't have an iPhone. I think the problem is when you're doing a set at the Int Studios on the Int stage, you're a big shot. Yeah, yeah. When you're yelling at passersby (laughs) to try to get them to go to the Lantern so they can hang out with a Mexican cook, you're fucking down in the gutter. You've 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 lost a little bit of your of your clout, a little of your prestige. If you're listening out there. Mystery girl. Oh yeah, this is a uh, missed encounter. What they call that? Miss Miss connection. Miss connection. Your like phone number right now. Should we give our? <laughs> that should be a segment of the pod. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, email my, him. My, you have his card. Email him or ents ents him. Ents him. You can reach me at one eight hundred desperate comedian. Ents us lost in America. Ents us. What's your ents name? You're on close shave. Close shave. Anything to promote, Shaver? Uh, anything to promote? I want everybody to check out the new Mama Hoo Hoo that I wrote and that Turner and I star in, and that is getting a lot of people are saying it's great. It's getting a lot of that uh, to Turner's question. Very Trump how do you know? A lot of people funny? are saying Oscar buzz. Oscar buzz, Oscar buzz. for me. Are there YouTube Oscar awards? Buzz. I'm gonna share the stage with Cuba Good. He's gonna he's gonna announce this on stage <laughs> gotta, the Oscars. Yeah, and, and uh, he's gonna be like, "Yo, I heard you. I heard you smashed." <laughs> I was in there. You a snack. And uh, I was like, well, Cuba, I heard you didn't close. Yeah. But I did. Hey. Hello. Joe Schaefer. YouTube. You go to YouTube.com. You go to, you go to <laughs> I think our listeners know how to find YouTube, all right? <laughs> Mama who? Mama. Explain to the kids what YouTube means. Yeah. All right. Let's get YouTube. <laughs> when I was young, news. we had YouTube. Right. Let's get to the news. of the week from the New York Times. This Ooh. one is very close to home. Incredible. It says, here's it the title. You? Heard the one about Asia's comedy scene? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'm stopping you there. Is there an article about you? In this the Times? A, this is an article about the comedy scene in China and in Asia, more specifically in China, more broadly in Asia, from the New York Times. <clears throat> Holy shit. We got place where Joe Schaefer and I, along with Andy Curtin, uh, uh, Drew Freilich, we all started... Um, William Childress, who was on the pod before. These are the guys. We all started this. Uh, Tam Yimmick, seven years ago, 2009, 2010, 2011, right there. We started the China scene, mainland China. Now the New York Times has decided it's finally to finally come to interview you, I'm sure. Even though they kind of do this every year, and every year they act like they've never done it before. <laughs> this is the it's yearly like check-in on a new, every a new year trend. They, someone from New York Times writes this article and acts like they're the first person to ever hear about this scene. If they would just read their own paper from a year ago, they would know it's been written. 
Yeah. Nobody, oh, nobody reads the Times. Yeah, that would require some research, oh which gosh. this article proves they are unwilling to do. Let me mm. just say right off the bat that this article is hot garbage. Wow. But we'll start. Okay, so. It's a bit lazy. The failing New York Times. The Go. failing New York Times. Yeah. says, the title, heard the one about Asia's comedy scene? Yes, we read your paper last year. We didn't hear about it. <laughs> oh, boy. We read your paper two years ago. And then the next, first, you'll need a permit. So the full title, heard the one about Asia's comedy scene? First, you'll need a permit by Charlotte Graham. Okay, let's start with Sorry, Schaefer. Sorry, Charlotte, in advance. Before we even get through the title, Shaver, have you ever needed a permit to perform comedy? Uh, not to my knowledge. No. I have not needed it. So, first, you'll need a permit. No, you do not. We have never needed a permit in seven years to do comedy in China. No. Um, fake. Fake news. Fake one, news. Pin- one Pinocchio. Go. One Pinocchio. One Pinocchio. Okay, then it starts out by talking about Storm Shoe. Ah, former pod guest. Former pod guest. It pretty much only talks about Storm Shoe. Friend of the pod? Mm-hmm. Um, when it talks about comedy <laughs> in mainland China. Every comedian takes the stage wanting to make people laugh, but it is less satisfying when the audience has been ordered to do so before the first joke has been told. Storm Shoe, a Chinese comedian, found, out, found that out during a surreal experience of performing for the country's military. Okay. So First of all, it really, really takes all of the fun out of performing in China. I find out that everybody's required to laugh. I and mean, that's just. Has anyone ever been required <laughs> to laugh at one of your shows? I, I've, I no, guess, the answer is no. I guess that was why they had all the soldiers with the rifles standing in the back of the but show. But maybe only for Chinese comics. No, we do shows with the Chinese comics every single night. And they don't get more laughs than you? More required no, sending laughs. There's no military. First of all, no, they don't. Okay, uh, just checking. I, I was I was fibbing. I was making a joke. There's no soldiers in the back of the room. Yeah. None of this is on. I, Storm, I guess, did one show one time for a Chinese military, and then the New York Times has taken that one specific specific thing and decided right. that that's what comedy is at every right. show. Well, in that's China. what all these kind of stories always are. No matter who they're writing, they can be writing about a neighborhood in Brooklyn or halfway across the world. They take one story that someone tells them, and then that's a trend. Is right. that it? Yeah, that's what they well, do. It's they, laser they, reporting. They try to extrapolate that. I mean, it's yeah. not. This one's not on Storm because that story is accurate. That he did that, and that they're, obviously right, right. the Chinese military. They were being controlled by the government. It was, it was, you know, the 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 optics of it were controlled by the government. But then they go on. They then take reading. that story. Okay. Yeah, the Chinese government requires Storm uh, to submit scripts in advance of his commercial performances. That uh, that gets him a permit to tell jokes. So basically they're a saying permit every, to tell jokes. He saying. needs a permit to tell jokes. Again, we've never needed a permit to tell a joke ever. Two Pinocchios. Two Pinocchios. That nose is Fake. a growing. He also has to provide video of some of someone reading the comedy lines aloud. I mean, this is just pure purely false. No, I don't think I, I think it's not false. It, Gover- see, see the problem with this Should is I keep going? it's it's a sin of omission. Right. They're, they're saying for if you perform for the military. They're saying maybe for that well, one show. Well, no, they show didn't say that, uh, which is, but it is true for that, but the, th- the, the the problem is they're not mentioning that it's in a very Right, they're making it seem like that's, this is a trend about Chinese comedy, and Sorry, that's how it I is. Sorry, I missed line where they say, many of Storm Shoe's shows come through Chinese government agencies. Then the Chinese government requires him to submit scripts. So they're kind of like... They're putting that in and hoping you don't notice right. that they're only talking about these specific shows. Government censors have told them to remove jokes uh, not for political content, but for being too rude. Too rude? Well, that, that actually happens to me. You know, I write the sex advice column in City Weekend. I'm at, by the way, in you, China. Yes. You write sex advice in China after you're I, I have, I've been an advice, sex <laughs> yeah, advice columnist <laughs> for five years. Well, but you've never heard of lying to get trying to get laid. <laughs> exactly. That's a new concept to you. <laughs> like, literally I, never. God. What could I be doing if I was in China? Lived in an I, incubator like, your whole life. Well. So anyway, you don't. Do you have to? Do you have to, do other permits for that? Or are there are there like uh, just, censors? You're censored saying? heavily. Yeah. So I have to. You, you can't know, One say. of the things I have to do while writing is I have to lean heavily on euphemisms. Right. You know, because the they, birds they, and the bees. God and... forbid I say oral sex, but I can say you know packing the grease piece in your cheek or like playing the, the <laughs> hi, you know the 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 Hong Kong hide and seek or something. You know, use. Some but is it translated? Or you? It's for an English paper. Like you writing it. No, in it's it? it's for English language. Oh, City Weekend's English language. Okay. And then, but you can't say, oh, that's interesting. Should I keep reading? <laughs> this is a direct quote from Storm. They'll decline you, speaking of the government, they'll decline you if the comedy is too obscene or dirty and you cannot swear on stage, he said. Is that true in any way? It, maybe for these Oh, maybe for these government, government shows. shows. Again, you can't okay. use Chinese swears, maybe. When Mr. Shu travels to Hong Kong to perform, he can put swear words back into his script. 
see, that's the most deceptive part to me right there because they that line makes it seem like when he when he goes to Hong Kong. So basically, that that is what is indicating that it's a mainland China thing. Right. Yeah. So so that is the most deceptive There's little bit in my opinion because it because it it intimates that like, oh yeah, this is like a mainland China thing. In all of China, you can't swear on stage. Right. Yeah, they're that, really taking it and really twisting it. So, so I think it's more. I, I, I'm. I don't think this is Storm so much as the editor or the the writer being trying. Here's to... Here's the thing. They've been trying to write this article about our scene since we started, right? I mean, sure. since 2010, 2009, whatever. People have been coming to us. Maybe not the New York Times, but all these everything around the world being like, "Whoa, you can't talk about politics in China. How do you do stand up comedy?" It's like, dude, have you ever Seinfeld? Does he ever talk about politics? Right. There's millions of comedians across the world who never talk about politics who can do as much stand-up comedy as they want. I'd say most comedians. And then they try to make it seem like you're only what? like cool and hip if you're doing political comedy. Political comedy is the most hack comedy on earth right now. Oh, Trump. Eh. Yeah. yeah, that's easy comedy. Right? And hey so, guys, did you know that Trump has get this small hands? Hey. Oh, whoa! It takes it's a special deal skill to go. What's the deal with Mr. Cheeto, Softy ice cream? Mr. Cheeto face <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Who uh, among us the has the balls to take on the sacred cow of Mr. Softy ice cream? I mean, only yeah. Turner Sparks yeah. really has the cojones. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know any local references. So, I, uh, what's the deal with K- KFC? I don't. All right, one more quote, and then we're out of this story. Okay. Unless you have anything else you want to say on this, this is the last story. Storm again from Storm Shoe. Uh, former podcast. I'm not trying to compare myself to Lenny Bruce <laughs> oh and George God. Carlin. Oh yes. yeah, oh yeah. We would have got more pod downloads if he was. <laughs> but the position they were in in the 1960s is perhaps the position people like me are in now. There are a lot of obstacles and a lot of opportunities. He's talking about doing comedy in China. I've never read a more false statement in my life. I'm just gonna go on the record saying that. I mean, t- it's really, it's it's so funny to me that he he just described absolutely conforming to the government guidelines and making right. money on it, which is the very definition of selling out. Right, Lenny Bruce would not have sold his. Uh, he would have performed for a military, <laughs> yeah, and then complained and that he was being censored by the military for yeah. that specific. Right, show. and wouldn't have let them see his jokes ahead of time. Or no, I mean, he, the, he Lenny Bruce is famous because he was arrested for doing comedy that that you know subverted norms and was yes. illegal. I mean, that's what. That is the whole point of Lenny Bruce. I mean, if Lenny Bruce, you know, was resurrected today and saw Storm do that, he would call him a tool. That would be <laughs> a tool of the government. Yeah, I mean, that is that is everything antithetical to what he represented. So that's a good point. What you're saying is that yeah, you can't. You're not uh, Lenny Bruce or George Carlin when you're just. You're, and he also says in there he's making money now as a comedian because he's taking these these jobs. Uh, to perform for the military well, and for the clear. government. let's be clear. Good for Storm. Like, go ahead and do that. That's great. I mean, we're all trying to, you know, As we said, we're hustle. trying to make money however we can. But you can't you can't do that, and then you can't sell out and then try to be like, yeah, I'm Lenny Bruce, because that's just so... <laughs> I'm insult- Lenny Bruce of the American country club scene. Yes. <laughs> we need to become like the podcast. Show. We need These country clubs don't want me to say what I want to, so yeah. I'm going to go to the New York Times. Yeah. They absolutely are ombudsman who doesn't want to say things, but being subversive. Where, where's the part in the article where he ta- thinks the the kung fu comedy scene? No. Oh no, no, nowhere in there. <laughs> what, what's no- subversive? Uh... <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. This whole article is covering all of comedy in China, but right. really, it's all just storm. The whole thing's storm shoe. And I don't want to be sour grapes about this, but fuck it. It's my fiftieth. You know, yeah, it's, it's, our, one it's our one year, year anniversary. It's our one year leap year. It's like my birthday. This is my reward. I get to say what I want, and. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. There's no mention of anyone else in China. I don't yes. even get a single mention of being a snack in there, and I just think that is some BS. You get called a uh, Western expat men. man. I don't like it. That's what, that's, what we, that's what we all are. Western expat men. Yeah. Good demo. Not like Sna- not snack. Not Chinese yeah. like Storm. No. So that's it. Congratulations uh, to you, Storm. Yeah, you guys. There's no. There's nothing in the Times about your your what you guys were doing. There's not. That's, anything. that's, that's next year's trend article. Next story. Yes. What's next? What else is going on? We're going local to local. All right. Staying global. All right. From Time Magazine, the cover of Time Magazine this week, Kaplan. Yeah. Goes to you. Time Magazine. Goes to me. I'm not on the cover of the story. Time Magazine (laughs) is putting Harvey Weinstein, the controversy, front and center, featuring the Hollywood producer on the cover of the magazine. 
The title, it says, Producer, Predator, Pariah. Right. Harvey Weinstein. Now, the reason why this has to do with you is because you worked in the same building with Harvey Weinstein for the past 15 years. Yes, and I should apologize to Weber in last week's pod. I think I compared the two of them. They're obviously very different people. Weber's still working in the industry, so. Wait, you compared them before or after these revelations? (laughs) After. I made a joke. Oh, Oh, man. you know, anyway, uh, both Jewish. Anyway, uh, going on. Yeah, I worked in the same building for many years, saw Harvey many times. What do you have to say about Big Harv? I didn't know any of this because he never molested me, obviously. Okay. But I heard a lot of Not rumors. You re- so you didn't know? Well, oh. no, I heard a lot of rumors about, like, I knew. Not even a grazing? I'll tiptoe around this a little bit, but I knew that he was up to a lot of things. Don't I didn't tiptoe. Know. It's our well, one-year anniversary. <laughs> I didn't stop Blue shirt is out. Yeah. But um, my whole, this one Wait, thing. you I, knew what? Well, I knew he was up to a lot of uh, infidelity. Okay. And a lot of sketchiness. Okay, no good. I didn't know anything about rape. That, that rumor I didn't hear, but I heard a lot of rape. You know, you, the casting couch rumor, and so to yeah, speak. Yeah, exactly. Is the, uh, so none of it surprises me, though, because my whole thing is that I don't want to get lost in all this. Is what a, He's a, obviously a sexual predator. All those things are true, but I don't want to get lost in this, what a giant prick he is. Yeah. And that, that was also known. Oh, is that true? Yes. How, how so? How was like, I just mean, like, in general, like, and this is one thing about Hollywood. I don't know if you know this because you guys are going to be stars in Hollywood one day. But it's very accepted just to be this. like a giant asshole, and like it's charming almost, like if you're successful. And that's why is like, that charming? Like I, I don't know why. It's not charming is the wrong word, but that's just like accepted as part of like your life in the industry. Like if you work as an assistant, not me, but other people have worked as assistants for certain people. Like you get berated by agents, by like a lot of them are like the the, the way they treat their workers. Oh, for, is like the worst of any industry. Well, like on that show, um, what was the what was the HBO show? Like on Honorage, do, do I get into that? That I don't know. Ari, the agent guy. Yeah, that guy's based on a lot of people. Total dick. Yeah, that's 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 exactly. And I mean, you're that's to and like that's charming. Like it. He's a hero in that yeah, show. Yeah, he's a total yeah. asshole. Yeah. Yes, but that's what I'm talking about. That whole thing. So like Harvey, like you know, I remember once I was at a Vandy Fair party for the Tribeca Film Festival, and Harvey's assistant called me very nervous. Okay. Because he couldn't make it to the party, and Harvey needed help getting in. Okay. And like they know me and there and like can you go? I'm like okay, They're terrified to do this. So I go outside and I see him getting out of his car on his phone, and I literally am like, "Hi Harvey, I'm Michael. I'm here." And he just like knocks me out of the way basically. He just like barely like, walked into me and walked through me. And then I'm like, "All right." Nothing to him. Yeah, I'm like, "Who am I?" So obviously, he, if, if he, I was a chick, obviously I'm sure I was he was gonna say, "Yeah." If I mean, he can't, <laughs> if he can't like sexually. Yeah. Uh, uh, attack yeah. you, then yeah. he has no use for you. So he would like, and I would see him in the elevator all the time. And like, I've been in the building for years. He never would recognize someone like me, but like, he would just like literally like stand in the middle of the elevator. He's a big fat guy in a way that like you basically almost couldn't be in the elevator with him. You were like in the corner, yeah, into this. Do you so, think the idea of being a big fat guy in Hollywood is also like good, like almost like the old days? Like, it seems like it makes you more powerful. Yeah, you <laughs> like, just take up more space. You're intimidating, well, right? Guy was What's bang. surprising to me about this whole story is that it's, it, it surprises anyone. Yeah. Because as you mentioned the casting couch earlier, that's a term I've heard since I was a kid as a joke. It's like a punchline to, like, Hollywood, right? Like, ah, oh, get on the casting couch. Like, which means that the way you get ahead is by sleeping with a producer or something like that, right? It's, and it, so now for Hillary Clinton and all these people to be like, whoa, what? Yeah. Harvey, he never would have done something like this. Like, there's just a, a, a Michelle Obama. And yeah. There's no way they didn't know. I mean, I do think that people like Obama, like, there's a kind of naivety of, like, they're just, like, if someone agrees with you, in general, everyone does it. But you just look past like things yeah, about them that are negative. Yeah, that's why Trump likes the KKK. <laughs> yeah, that's he why goes, well, I'm not a racist. Well, it's I why the, like people it's who why like the me. Christian evangelicals like Trump, even though he's his whole lifestyle is completely different than what they stand for. Sure, because he's on their side. Yeah, and so, so that, it's the same thing with Harvey Weinstein and Michelle Obama. Yeah, and well, him, oh, I don't know if you realize this, but Har- Malia Obama was an intern over the summer in our building. Because of the connection, I for see Harvey all, Weinstein, yeah, for his company, I see oh, it all the time. Oh, wow. I saw her all the time. I saw the Secret Service guys all the time. There's no way he would go after her. Oh, no, that would not. be a bold molestation. That I'll would tell you be. what. I mean, you get a nuke dropped on your head for that. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, Trump might give him a medal of honor or something. I don't so know. that's <laughs> how much the Obamas trusted him, though, was to let their daughter work there. So they maybe they really didn't know. Can I tell you a news story I just read? Uh, speaking of how you said uh, uh, liberal uh, media is trying to be like, well, everyone does this. They're trying. It's 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 a good idea to spin it anyway away from them, right? Because that's he. he I mean, everyone does do it, but this level is is. I just read a headline right before I came in that said Steve Steve Bannon took money from Harvey Weinstein too. 
Right. He was in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) To be like, it's not only us. When was that? that Because I'm assuming Steve Bannon used to work in the film industry. See, and I thought Steve Bannon was a good guy. And we all (laughs) see all this time. Okay, KK. KKK guy. Is that it? That's I gotta run. I gotta get the kids at, at after school, or I get charged a bill like a dollar a minute, five dollars a minute. <laughs> a I'm not, a minute. I got threatened. I don't know what the bill is, but every minute I'm late. All right, let's get out of here. Shafe, thanks for being on the pod. No problem. Check out Mama Hoo Hoo, everybody. We'll bring you back for the two year. Well, I, I maybe, can't wait. That's maybe. not a bat, and then we'll release it as a box set at some point. <laughs> well, every seven year, yearly check in. Seven part episode, seven part series. We'll bring you back in once you've uh, given a massage to someone important. <laughs> Talk about it. I, I'm out there looking. Ensis. At we Lost will see America. you tonight, or- Schaefer, at the New York Comic Club show. Have a good trip to China. Everyone go see him out there. Cap, what should we do? I'm getting lost. Get lost. It was a beautiful day. Sun beat down. I had the radio on. I was driving. Anything was possible Hit cruise control And rub my eyes The last three days And the rain was unstoppable It was always cold No sunshine
Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.